This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the latest edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. I'm Nigel Seeley and our senior handicapper for Because We Win, Sean Calvert, has returned as well from New York after a couple of weeks or 10 days away, Paris. And we both actually off air complaining about how tired we were. Now, Sean, we've had very different trips. You know, yes. We look at it in a very, very different trips. We've had very different trips, but it, it's tough. It's a tough life. <laughs> it, there's tough on this top, isn't there? I, I don't think we're going to get much sympathy from, from people that uh, you know, doing very very long shifts long hours and you know all that sort of stuff but yeah so in that sense it's it's not tough but it, in the sense of that the traveling and stuff does it, it just makes it difficult doesn't it because if you're going somewhere like new york for example which for us is a is what five six hour time difference and you're there um a couple of days it takes a couple of days we were just saying it takes it takes me a couple of days to kind of my body to kind of realize where it's at and you're sort, sort of a little bit a little bit groggy aren't you for the first day or so you're a bit all over the place then you get in the swing of it and and your body is kind of in tune with the, the time zone that you're at and then 24 hours later you're going home again you got you got to do the mm. do it all over again which is you know as i say I'm, I'm, when i'm looking for sympathy here it's all but no i'm i'm i am pretty tired yeah because i mean I've, I've been back in the uk now 24 hours it just makes you yeah it, it is tiring but yeah. i think i think do you, want, do you know what I think? I think we, we, we're we very lucky to do what we do. And, yeah, and absolutely. I think we're extremely lucky to do what we do. But we're both 50. Well, you are. Are you not? When you're 50? <laughs> is it, you're coming up, is it? I coming might up? be. I might be 50. Yeah. You're coming up 50, aren't you? No, I, I am 50. Well, okay, but anyway, I think I think what it is, we if the opportunity come around for 25 or 30-year-old, We'd relish it. We'd be fantastic. We wouldn't have a we wouldn't have a headache when we got there. We wouldn't. I I had to search. Probably wouldn't have a show tablets. either. They'd be they'd be they'd be they'd be gone I, somewhere, I disappeared, but, and you wouldn't see them again. But I had to search. The first day I was in New York, I had to, I had to search for indigestion tablets. I had to search for headache tablets. I had to show heartburn. Like showing your age, mate. Showing and your I had age. to go, I had to leave the the, <laughs> the arena to go and get um. What was it? Antihistamines. Yeah, my, antihistamines. Eyes, my eyes started streaming a bit now. Actually, I don't know what's going on there. It's, it, look, anyway, I think you know. The, like an OAP tri- conference, exactly. Like saga that's, tours. That's what it is. We should be, we should be working for the OAPs. But uh, anyway, it was, it, it, it was, it was a brilliant tour. The tennis has been fantastic, and the players gone through to the semi-finals have, have been all different stories and different sort of uh, angles. You know, the best two players in the world have gone through, and we probably expected that at the beginning with the, the draw that Djokovic had and, and the Alcaraz, obviously with the court conditions here, but. Um, it wasn't. It hasn't been great for us on the outright market. Obviously, it's very heavy. We, we had a hope, but we did worry about it. You know, you 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 brought the the voice of wisdom in. I was an optimist and said, "Listen, we got a chance here." But uh, you were right in that match yesterday uh, against. Uh, he was, yeah. he, he was spent, wasn't he? Tall order, yeah. He played for almost five hours against it. I know he had twenty four hours extra to recover. Well, two days, if, if you like, a clear day, but. You know, I've never played a four-hour, forty-one-minute tennis match in in that sort. Of, well, I have, but only when I was about 
10. Um, and it wasn't, it you wasn't four hours 41 minutes at 10. I, all summer, all summer, we had, we had a grass court around the corner from us, um, where I grew up as a kid, and me and my mate used to play pretty much all day. But it wasn't it wasn't Grand Slam level. It was it was two kids, you know, having a game. But so yeah, I used to I used to play for that sort of time. Yeah, when I was when I was young. Yeah, That's a long time. Best of three sets, best of five sets. You and your mate. We just played whatever, you know. Um, we just used to play all day. That was it. Look at the pair of us now. We're sweating away. <laughs> No, I really started streaming now. I don't know what's going oh, on right. there. I think it must be allergic reactions whenever you speak to me. But anyway, it's uh, but it but it's been. I wasn't it's... speaking to you when I had the Tommy Tommy Paul thing. You, I wasn't speaking to you. Then. You must have some hay fever. It must be hay fever. It must be possibly. Something. I never used to get that. That's a new thing. You know, yeah. as soon as you get age to a certain again. age, you suddenly start randomly developing conditions age, yeah. that you never used to have. But anyway, when I traveled, the hand luggage to say you had to one bag to come in, and my bag now is getting bigger and bigger with all the ointments, all the. All the stuff I don't I take anything. I just wing it, and then I always end up needing stuff. I, it, like the like the hay fever thing, or the allergic reaction thing, whatever it was. I had to go. I, I literally had to go all the way back to Flushing Main Street and back in the middle of a match. It still didn't do anything. The antihistamine, but anyway, never mind. But you saw the match, and that's the main thing. Uh, let's have a look at this uh, this uh, U.S. Open men's singles now. Reaching the semi-finals, Novak Djokovic is the favourite, minus one twenty-five, bidding to make history again. Uh, the most successful player to reach the semi-finals, Carlos Alcaraz is plus one twenty. Obviously in great form. Daniel Medvedev is nine dollars, and then we've got the surprise package, Ben Shelton at fifty to one with Bet Rivers here. Uh, I mean, really, the three of them. It's no surprise, Djokovic, Alcaraz, and Medvedev. And I think as we've seen this tournament here. They have been the best three players. Shelton has been impressive, but Djokovic, Alcaraz, and Medvedev have been the best three. Djokovic has obviously had the, the very easy route to the to the semifinals. Alcaraz has probably arguably a, a tougher route. Where do you look at handicapping here when someone has had a, such a good, easy route through to the semifinals? I always think that you want to be tested. You want to, you know, you want to be tested. But um, Djokovic, we, we expect it to be Djokovic, Alcaraz final. But um, do you think that helps Djokovic that he's been playing not so long games and the only long game he did have was a night session against Jerry or, or do you think that uh, you know that you want to be tested along the way or do you think it helps if you uh, if you've gone through pretty easily I think it depends in, in these conditions where it's been unbelievably hot I, I think they'll both be absolutely delighted that they haven't played that many long matches I mean Djokovic played that five-setter didn't he I'm sure he w- I'm sure he wasn't pleased about that if I was Djokovic 36 years of age I, I wouldn't I know and I'm, I'm Thinking of, of playing Alcaraz in the the rounds coming up, I wouldn't be too too happy about having to play five sets against Jerry. Um, it's, it's just I think the heat changes everything, doesn't it? Maybe if it was cooler, you know, you'd think yeah, maybe one one match, maybe in the quarter semi is a nice tight one to sort of warm you up a bit, so to speak. But I think in these conditions, you know, it, it's it's very very different. It's, it's never been this hot as at the U.S. Open before. Um, I think they'll both just be very very happy to have got through with without expending a, a massive amount of energy, to be honest. Well, I left on Sunday and it was very similar to temperature we're experiencing here and now in London. You were there, you arrived when it really got hot. And we were sort of laughing about it, saying that you're going to get the good conditions, I'm going to get the bad conditions. Just explain how hot it actually was, you know, compared to the travels you've been on. How did you, how did you, how was it for you? I think it's the hottest conditions I've had this year, um, which isn't saying much because I was in Marrakesh and it rained. So, um it didn't get that hot there when I was there. It was about, I think there was one day that was about 30, I think there, but it's a kind of, it's a different kind of heat, isn't it? When you're in New York, it's, it's, it's like a furnace. I mean, I went down to the, as you probably saw on the Instagram, I, I did a bit of public transport as I, as I always do. I mean, the heat on the subway was just, oh. it was like a furnace. I mean, great props to the, to the MTA, you know, that the buses 
and the and the subways are both on the trains and on the buses. It's great aircon. It's absolutely fine. But once you step off that train onto the platform, it's it's absolutely burning. It's so so hot, and the arm the conditions on Armstrong are just they're just really sticky because you know when they had the roof on, um, it, that just you know the, the the spectators were sitting there fanning themselves. You know, it's it's just incredibly hot. It's, it's it reminds me more of an Australian Open really than than a US Open. These sort of temperatures. Mm. It's yes, it's thirty four degrees, which is very very hot, and you have got the humidity as well. Um, I think the weather is going to cool down slightly over the next couple of days. There's sort of thunderstorms around, a little bit of rain around, but it's still going to be humid. You know, I looked at the weather forecast for Friday for these matches, and it's depending on which match is on first. It's going to be somewhere between 70 and 80% humidity and 30 degrees. You know, when these temperatures are taken in the shade, it's it's incredibly hot. You know, Medvedev, I don't know whether you saw yesterday, Medvedev, yeah, his little outburst saying, you know, mm. someone's going to die out here. Maybe a slight exaggeration, but, you know, we have seen players keeling over. You know, Wu did it in Washington, D.C. He's completely collapsed um, at the changeover. It, it is it is dangerous conditions. It's, it's really, really tough. I can't I can't tell you how how hot and humid it is there. I sat and watched uh, Katie Bolter in the women's draw um, get through. And the only reason I did it is I, I bet Katie Bolter was in play and I ran for Matt Arfresh to watch the last set. And two well, people was that wise? <laughs> yeah, but she won. She won. She won that match. I mean, you running in that heat? Oh no, well, I run. I mean, like dad run. You know, it's like oh, a, right, okay. like two shuffles and then a little bit brisk walk. But um, two people fainted in the last set around me. A woman completely fell down, and an, and an old man collapsed. And just standing on it was court number five. You know, where you walk through where the new bit is at the back, where you come out of grandstand, and there's these there's, there's three courts next to each yeah. other. And there's, you can sit on the balcony and watch. They both passed out. So it was it was extremely, extremely hot. And obviously that is the important factor for tomorrow's play. We do not know. The and it's got hotter play. since then, hasn't it? Yes, and it's got hotter. Exactly. So it's you know, last few days, thirty-four degrees, which is very, very hot, plus the humidity, just makes it very, very tough on the players. Uh, it's going to be tough um, on the outright market. I mean, it looks like it's going to be Djokovic outcrash. Do you think anything? We're going to come to the matches here. There'll probably be an angle we'll find some some value in. But um, do you see anything other than a, than the inevitable in the fight in the final on the outright market? No, I don't. Um, I think if you're betting on the outrights now, I, I would be tempted to take Alcaraz at those prices. We'll, we'll talk a little more about the matches in a second, but I'm not sure we're back in Djokovic odds on. I really don't. I... Not sure about that at all. I think the reason why he's odds on is because he's he, on paper he's got the easiest yeah, draw against Ben Shelton. Obviously, he's got it, a very that, yeah. And obviously, Alcaraz. We know that you've got a theory about Alcaraz against Medvedev, which probably we will come on to in the matches. But Djokovic, Alcaraz in the final. If they met in the final, how do you see? How would you bet it? A fifty-fifty call. Well, I presume Djokovic is going to be favourite, isn't he? Based on that, I don't, I don't think he would. You know, I don't think he will. I think the reason he's minus one twenty-five is because he plays Ben Shelton, who's fifty to one, and 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 Medvedev is nine to one. I think I think it'll be a fifty-fifty call. I think Malcrest could potentially be a slight favourite, depending obviously of the timing of the match. It depends on obviously of the of the scheduling for tomorrow and the weather conditions. But I think it's fifty-fifty. So if you back Djokovic now at one point eight, he's going to be bigger in the final. I think Djokovic will be 125 now, and I think Djokovic will be about 125 in the final. I think it's a given because I think our, the, the, the market will come for it. I don't think Djokovic will move. I think they okay. think it's a given. I don't. I, I just think that might... And I think the the market will come... Out. Djokovic is no value now at minus 125, 100%. No, not for and me, I think no. when we get to the final, I think it'll be a 50-50 call. And if Alcaraz moves, beats Medvedev, I mean, he's, he's, got, he's got to move 
ten percent on the on the on the money line to go on, on the winner market to go. He's he, he's going to be minus one ten. So it'll be that they're both of them will be pretty much the same price. It highlights the fact that Djokovic is no value now. You're going to get a better price on Djokovic to win the final if he plays Alcaraz. But the reason he's minus one twenty five because there is a probability he plays Medvedev in the final, and he could be minus five dollars or something. Yeah. Well, so that, that's probably why it's going to be a lot shorter, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably why it is. Okay, let's move on to these uh, matches that we have, the semifinals in the men's singles at Flushing Meadow in the US Open, the final major of 2023. And the first game we're going to talk about is Alcaraz against Medvedev. Uh, Alcaraz is minus 360, Medvedev is plus 280. The spread here is five and a half with Bet Rivers, minus 120 Alcaraz, minus 103 for Medvedev. The total is 26 and a half. If you look at the head-to-head, uh, as Sean has alluded to before, he loves Alcaraz in this matchup. He leads 2-1. And the last two matches they played this year, They've been very one-sided. At Wimbledon, Alcaraz won his straight set, 6-3, 6-3, 6-3 in the semifinals. And in 20, also this year in Indian Wells, Alcaraz won 6-3, 6-2. The only time that Medvedev did win was in Wimbledon in 2021, but Alcaraz was nevermore near the player that he is now. Now, Sean, you've mentioned many times to me, as we all the way, all the way through this US Open, you've said if this was the semifinal, there's, you couldn't see any way that Medvedev can beat Alcaraz. And now some people might have seen that argument, have seen haven't seen that argument. Why is that? What why why do you think that the game that Alcaraz has is just cannot Medvedev can't match him? I just think it's a terrible matchup for Medvedev. The way that Medvedev plays is it's all reactive, isn't it? Against Rublev yesterday. Um I was really disappointed in Rublev. Not it's difficult when you're Rublev. You know, if, if you're Andre Rublev, You've had a very, very good career. You won titles. You know, you've gone Masters titles and all this stuff, sort of stuff. You probably don't think you need to change your game that much, but he had to against Medvedev. And this is, a, but he didn't. He, he didn't do what he needed to do. He was desperately keen not to come into the net. You've got to come into the net against Medvedev. You know, Rublev's trying to hit through him. You're not going to do that if you're if you're Carlos Alcaraz playing Medvedev, and Med, you see Medvedev standing so 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 deep. I mean, he couldn't get any closer to the line judge. Well, if there were line judges to the back fence than, than he does. I mean, it's it's ridiculously deep. And he always says, Medvedev, it's because he hasn't got the hand-eye coordination to move up the court and do it quick. He says he can only do it from there. That's a problem against Alcaraz or anybody that can that can come to the net, is comfortable coming to the net and has a great drop shot. You know, that's not just Alcaraz. Tsitsipas has done it. Kyrgios has done it very, very successfully against Medvedev. And unless Medvedev comes out and changes the way that he plays, which I don't think he can, I don't think he can change the, the style that he plays, but he's got to. You know, if you're Medvedev now, what what sort of discussion are you having with your coach? You know, the coach is probably trying to G him up, say, you know, oh, you, you've won this before, you know, you're world number one, you, you can win this. But I honestly don't think he can unless he changes things because he's he doesn't know whether to stick or twist Medvedev sometimes. If, if he's If he's that deep, He's he's open for the the drop shot, and Alcaraz has a great great drop shot. But if he moves up the court, Alcaraz can kill him with the forehand, that that very very heavy forehand. So what does he do? What he tends to do is just what he normally does, and hopes that it will work, which is exactly what Rublev did yesterday. Rublev did what he always does, and just hoped that it would work, and it didn't. All right, it was a breakup in all three sets. Arguably, you know, he perhaps should have won a set, but Rublev, he never looked like he was going to hold on to that lead, did he? And that's because he's trying to just hit through Medvedev, which isn't, you know, it's not going to work unless Medvedev has an off day. 
Alcaraz has got so many weapons at his disposal, the drop shot, the heavy forehand, the backhand. He, he can do what he wants, Alcaraz, in this matchup. Unless Medvedev moves off that back fence, he's he's got no chance. I mean, I'll go through the stats if you want. It's so one-sided. Yeah. Um, we're, we're ignoring the first match because that was played, as you said, in, in Alcaraz's rookie year on the main tour. Um, Medvedev won that one, as you would expect. But the two that he's played this year, the service points won and return points won totals. Alcaraz 117 to Medvedev's 83. Service hold break totals, Alcaraz 132 to 68 to Medvedev. Um, Medvedev's held serve 59% of the time against Alcaraz and broken serve 9% of the time. Medvedev's won only 34% of his second serve points. Alcaraz has won 57% of his second serve points. I mean, it doesn't get any more one-sided than that. It's, it's just a very, very, very tricky matchup from Medvedev and you know a lot of these players they they don't like changing the way that they play some of them physically can't do it some of them just have the mindset that they can't do it and then won't do it you know I've talked about Taylor Fritz doesn't doesn't have enough layers to his game just does the same thing Rublev the same Could, you know if he if, he, if he'd got a drop shot if he was comfortable at net Rublev it might have been a different story against against Medvedev but it wasn't um Medvedev's got to do something different I just don't know if he's capable of doing it before we go on to the, the pick here and, and the advice here, if you've looked across social media today, you've seen a lot of interviews with Zverev, as has said, that Alcaraz and uh, Djokovic are on a different level to him. Tony Nadal said, you know, these players are nowhere near um, the calibre of what they were. And people have questioned whether Djokovic 10 years ago would beat the Djokovic now. And the answer most certainly from everyone is, is no, it wouldn't be. Djokovic hasn't actually officially answered that question. But do you think that the calibre of players that we have now, obviously these young guns that we thought might lift their games, that they they need to, they've got the talent, they know what they're going to do, they win these 500 events, they win. but for majors they've got to really change it up. And, you know, we thought, didn't we, as tennis betters, that we thought we might have an era where we're going to get, make money, that get some outsiders, you know, what, what you do and what I do is look for value on the outsiders. It hasn't materialised because... The, the the courts are slower, the players aren't as good, and the, the Djokovic still going on. He could go on for another two or three years, couldn't he, and win these tournaments? Yeah, I mean, you look at what Djokovic did. I don't know how many years ago it was, and it was quite a few years ago when he when he first kind of came to the fore. Yeah, and he was he was battling away against Djokovic against Djokovic against Federer and Nadal, and right at the early stages, he perhaps wasn't winning as, as many of those matches. Then he brought in Boris Becker. I think it was Boris Becker, wasn't it? Because he, he realized that he wasn't, he needed to add more layers to his game. He wasn't going to beat these guys consistently by just being a baseliner. You know, and he, he completely changed his, his, his attitude. You well, know, it was his serve. His serve was never considered to be his, his biggest attribute. He, he and wasn't... later on the serve, yeah, with, with Ivanizovic that he brought yeah. in. But initially he brought Becker in to, to give him a sort of net game. And then he brought Ivanizovic in later on with, um, with the serve, which, which is, you know, very underrated. Um, I'm I'm not seeing any of these younger players that are willing to do that. And I'm off the top of my head, I'm talking about Rublev. I'm talking about Taylor Fritz. These guys that just think they can do the the one thing, the one style of play, and that's and that's going to win the majors. It it might do. Maybe if Alcaraz wasn't around, he's kind of come on the scene. Um, and Djokovic wasn't still around. But you've got to raise your game, haven't you? Unless, and this seems to be the case, unless they're just happy. With what they've done, yeah, I'm top ten. You know, I've made the top ten in the world. I've I've, I've won a Masters, or whatever. If if they're happy with that, that's absolutely fine. It's not for me to say what what they should and shouldn't do in their careers. But if I was them, if I was in their position, and I'm thinking, 
like Fritz particularly, for example, you know, nowhere near against Djokovic again the other day. Why? Well, because he doesn't he doesn't have those layers to his game. He, he cannot come to the net. He doesn't want to come to the net. Um, doesn't really have a much of a drop shot. You know, no four-court game. Djokovic knows exactly what's coming and he's able to deal with it. It's all too predictable. These guys have got to start coming up with different layers to their game. Alcaraz does it. You know, Alcaraz, I'm sure he, when he started playing as a kid, I'm sure he wasn't coming to the net as often as he is now. He's obviously incorporated that into his game. You, you've got to have these layers to your game. Otherwise, you're just going to be a, a sort of um, an also-ran, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's quite disappointing at the moment. That, you know, we come into this stage of the of the tennis season, and the, and the stronger are getting stronger, and the weaker are getting weaker. And I was, I thought Sinner would break through. I thought Zverev would break through. And Medvedev, we're talking about the, clearly the third best tennis player in the world, up against a guy vying for number one spot, and we we can't see any way of him causing any damage. There's sixty. 60- sorry, can't control. Sorry, mate. I, I was going to say if it was Medvedev, Djokovic, I would give Medvedev more of a chance against Djokovic, much more of a chance actually against Djokovic. I think the way he plays, you know, it suits it suits him against Djokovic rather than it absolutely doesn't suit him against Alcaraz. So Medvedev was probably thinking, well, I'd rather have Djokovic. I would be if I was Medvedev. I'd be thinking I would rather play Djokovic than Alcaraz for sure. And yeah. Sinner, you were just mentioning there. I think it. I think with him, I think he does. He does have some of the layers to his game, but he needs to add a, a better four court game. And the and but the main problem with him is fitness, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it's good. Looks like it's going to be inevitable there for the for to Alcaraz here against Medvedev. But uh, there's 64 different markets available on the Bet Rivers website. Head across there, you can uh, live stream the match if you're not going to be able to watch it at home. We don't know actually what time this is going to start, so check the website overnight tonight or tomorrow. You'll be able to see the time this match starts. But uh, Sean, for you, where, where I mean, there's some there's so many markets you can get with Alcaraz. You can get three nil. You can get the handicap. You can get with a set handicap. What's the the angle of attack in in terms of your thinking strategy for this match? Uh, Alcaraz on the handicap. I'm, I'm just going to mention another thing about Medvedev. Actually, I mentioned a few days ago, I think, on the show that he he's relying far too much on his first serve. If you look at his second serve points won in in his recent matches here, Medvedev, 28% he won against Rublev and won in straight sets, 40% against Dominor, won three one, and 41% against Bears. So he's He's relying an awful lot on first serve. That isn't going to be enough against Alcaraz. The other issue is, is before I go on to the, the bet, um, the other issue is obviously the heat. You know, Medvedev's been, he's had the doctor out numerous times, hasn't he? Breathing problems. He's had um, inhaler, all this sort of stuff. Um, very vocal about about the conditions being too tough. So I think it all points to a, to an Alcaraz win with something to spare. I've taken minus six and a half games at plus money, plus 123 bet rivers on this one. And that's still available now on the website. If you head to the Bet Rivers website, six and a half at plus one twenty-three. The the market that you'll see first when you see is five and a half. But just move the little toggle across, you'll see six and a half. But we don't see anything other than Alcaraz getting through to the final fairly comfortably, as the forms would suggest this year in twenty twenty-three against Medvedev in their previous two meetings. Uh, the, fi- the next match, the other semi-final, it's Novak Djokovic uh, minus sixteen sixty-seven against Ben Shelton. At plus nine dollars. Um, the total games here is 31 and a half, uh, and the money line, the spread, sorry, is seven and a half. Djokovic minus 117. Uh, Shelton plus seven and a half is minus 107. You, again, you can move that toggle down to six and a half, eight and a half, whichever one you want to play. Um, let's talk about we all know about we all know about Novak Djokovic. Everyone knows about Novak Djokovic. Ben Shelton, he's had a, mm. an unbelievable tournament. He's broke through, he's, he's a breath of fresh air for the tennis world. Everyone's put a little bit of hopes on him. If Wimbledon was fast like it used to be, we'd be betting him now 
when I'll be looking at now the futures for Wimbledon next year and the Wimbledon next year. But where's Ben Shelton? What what's he going? It needs to be so quick for him to 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 cause any problems for for Djokovic or Alcaraz. He seems mentally quite strong. He seems a great guy. He's got a great game, the fastest serve in the world. You know that was the one that one won you Wimbledon now. But we, we he's a big outsider here to win this match. But people might be looking at it for Wimbledon, but already Wimbledon's not like it was. Where where no. where's his career going to go? And unless they speed the courts up, probably probably not as far as he wants it to go, I should think. Um, you know, this this US opens slightly and statistically it's slightly slower um than last year. That's not that's not a great indicator for me. Once it starts going slower, they, they tend to carry on going slower. They don't they don't suddenly speed it up again the next year. Um Wimbledon, as we've said, it's not it's it's not really an old fashioned grass court tournament. It hasn't been for many, many years now since they changed the type of grass seed um that they used to to slow it down. They've, they've they've got what they wanted, basically. They wanted everything slower, longer matches, um none of this seven six, six seven, seven six, seven six business. They they wanted more baseline play, less less of the sort of big serve volley point over sort of stuff. They wanted to get rid of that, and they basically have, haven't they? There aren't many serve volleyers around now. You know, you look at people like Cressy and you know one or two others, but it's 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 been a dying breed for a long time. And you know, it's not you're not going to encourage as a coach as a, as a coach of young players. You're not gonna you're not going to be teaching this, I don't think, are you? No. Because there's there's no, there's no real value to it. You, you could certainly teach it as a to have a as a string to your bow as a player. You could you know someone like Rublev, for example, has you know if he'd have had that yesterday, you know, it might have seen a different story, but. I don't think it's getting coached. Um, as far as Shelton's concerned, I, I looked at his numbers actually. Um, this U.S. Open massively better on return. This this tournament, uh, Ben Shelton than he has been previously. Coming into this tournament, he averaged roughly thirty-one percent of return points won, which is uh, very very poor. You know, it's 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 better than Isner, but not by much. It's it's a big servers kind of stat that you would expect. But he's he's actually won forty percent of return points this U.S. Open, which is that's a huge difference. Now, whether that's just a a one-off, I don't know. Whether he's just been on fire this week, and that that number's going to drop back down to more like sort of thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three that we've seen before, I don't know. Um, but that's a that's a huge increase. So he's, he's done a lot better on return. He's serving bombs. Um, talking about the two players that he's just played, TFO. I don't know whether you saw the the quote from TFO. I was going to find it actually. He basically said that he he bottled it. TFO, um, where's the quote? So TFO, he said he said usually when it comes to these these stages of the tournament, I'm the underdog. Today I was the favourite and I suffered a bit with this new role. I probably put too much pressure on myself. When you're the underdog, you go into the onto the court without worries. You just play. Today it was different. So in a nutshell, TFO just couldn't handle the pressure of being favourite. You know, he he's another he's another one loves the role of the underdog. You know, I, you know, I can I can beat these big guys. When it comes to you being the favourite, that's a, that's a whole different ball game. And he suffered with that. Tommy Paul, I, I think, potentially suffered with that as well. You know, being the favourite to beat Shelton, but he really blew his chance. Tommy Paul, he could have been, as I said on the other show, could have been four love up, double break, would have been a very different match. Um, from Shelton's point of view, you know, serving great and he's returning a lot better than. Than he has done before, so it, I think it depends on his attitude. If he comes in here, if you're Ben Shelton, grand, your first Grand Slam semi-final, you've got Novak Djokovic over the other side of the net, and you don't start particularly well, 
you know, you've got a problem. But from Shelton's point of view, those, those return numbers are great. I think he's got, I don't think he's going to win it. There's no way I think he's going to win it. I think it, it, whatever happens, Novak Djokovic will be in that final. I think Ben Shell, but I think he's a kid that I think will rise to the occasion. We spoke about him at the very beginning of the season as one to follow. Myself and James Blake spoke about him. We t- I tipped him up in the tournament, uh, the very yeah, first Auckland, tournament season in Auckland, and he hasn't had anything of the year. But I, this kid has got potential. He's got, he's got everything going for him. And I think if he can get to a good start, he get that crowd going behind him. I'm sure this will be the like the night match. I'm certain this will be the night match. Mm, you would and think. I, well, they're both going to be night match, but this will be the later one. But I think I think the Americans will get behind him, and I, and I think he's a kid to rise to the game. I don't think he'll win it, but I'm I I'm, I like the, I don't like the, you like the betting on the, the players to win the set. I think the over thirty one and a half games is very tempting at minus one seventeen. With that serve going, and Djokovic can quite easily just raise his level and break him at. Five five, I think over thirty one and a half. I, I can't see Djokovic winning this six one, six two, six three. I think we've got a good run in play, and I think over thirty one and a half here at minus one seventeen is a bet for me. I, I like that. I really do. I think from Shelton's point of view, you know, it, it it does depend on how he how he shows up. Nervous, maybe. You know, we don't know. He does have the element of of surprise. If you if you like, he's never played Djokovic before. I'm sure Djokovic will have watched many, many videos and, and stuff of him by now. Um, so he's going to know. It's, it's one thing knowing what to expect, and it's another thing experiencing it. You know, it might take him a little bit of time. My worry with the overs would be that, you know, he might start well, and then, you know, Djokovic really gets on top of him. Has Shelton got as many layers to his game? You know, the issues I'm talking about earlier. Does he have anything other than the sort of raw power element? Um, he's got a decent little drop shot. I saw him play a couple against Tommy Paul. Um, I, I can't see it being enough against against Novak Djokovic. I think would, you be, would you be on... betting over under thirty one and a half, Sean? If, if I if I gave you a free five hundred dollars and said you could bet over under thirty one and a half, what would you bet? Do I have to have that market? You have, to have it on that a market. different market. No, you have that market. That's the only market I'm asking you. <laughs> You got to over be over. Under, you can't be betting under. I'm just thinking about you. You put me on the spot now. Uh, over thirty one and a half. That's tens, twenty. He could well cover the over 31 and a half. I think half, yeah. a good cover. I think he's, or, or maybe even Ben Shelton games. I think Ben Shelton games could be a, be an over. I don't think he's good. He doesn't seem that kind of boy. And the other thing, the other thing with Djokovic, the amount of breakpoint opportunities he offered Taylor Fritz the other day was insane. And it, he didn't capitalize on him. Big points, big points in big matches. Well, I know that's he's where... a, Sorry, go, go on. on. No, no, I, know, I know he's a brick wall and I know that he doesn't give away those opportunities and he raises his game at the big points. But I think, I think, Shelton's going to have opportunities here, and I think he's going to come in field. I don't don't think for one minute he's going to win. It's going to be Djokovic in the final against Alcaraz. I, I strongly believe that, but I think thirty-one and a half. I think that's a decent play there, and I'm going to throw it in as an official play. My first official play here, one confident, unit. Confident, I am confident. Over 30, 31 and a half games in this match here, which is minus one seventeen. I think that's a bet. Okay. I I can certainly see that could be if he gets seven five seven six first set, you pretty much done it, haven't you? Really, yeah, yeah. unless he unless he sort of um, unless he fades away, which I don't know. It's it's the first Grand Slam semi final, you know. Who knows? You're you're going with the view that he's he's got the the minerals, I think he's got. Like, I think he's got the yes. to to yeah. sort of go. Well, look, I don't, the the confidence of youth, if you like, 
you know, I'm I'm going in there and I'm gonna just gonna give it a shot and I'm serving the the far the world record serve. I'm up against the world number one. This is my time to show and I'm not gonna freeze. I'm not gonna be like anyone else. This is my time to show. I think he's gonna go for it at the first set. Second set, third set, potentially a full set. I think he's hanging on for dear life. But I think the first set he goes all in. And I think even even the over nine and a half in the first set, I think that's a bit. Well, I've got I've got some stats here for you. Go on. <laughs> Let's have a look. Novak Djokovic, where is it? Uh, are these, are these going to help my argument or not? No, I don't think they are, to be honest. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so Djokovic, 25-1 and one win-loss in majors so far this season. That's that's one thing. Djokovic in major semifinals. Um, he's 22-1 and one win-loss since losing to Kainish Akuri in the 2014 US Open semifinal. The only time he's lost is when Dominic Thiem beat him in the French 2019 uh, ben Shelton's the second lowest ranked opponent Djokovic has ever met in a major semi-final. The lowest rank was Karatsev, 114 in 2021 Australian Open. Um, scrolling down a bit further, I've taken Djokovic against left-handers. Obviously, Ben Shelton's left-hander. Djokovic has only lost one completed match on outdoor hard to a left-hander whose name wasn't Nadal since 2009. He's 36-1 win-loss in that time. Do you remember who the one was that Lefty that he lost to on a hard court. Mm. It's quite recently. Quite recently. No, I don't. He, he also beat Djokovic on clay. Yuri Vesely. Oh, I wouldn't have got uh, that. Beat him in Dubai. But Djokovic has only played two matches in the previous 10 weeks because of the he couldn't go to Australia, could he? So he was a little bit rusty there. Uh, Djokovic versus left-handers at Grand Slams on outdoor hard. So Australian and, and the US Open. Unbeaten since 2013 when he lost to Nadal in the US Open final. Uh, and the last one, Djokovic hasn't been hasn't been taken past ten games in set one by any left-hander on a hard court a uh, major in the eight matches he's played against them since 2015. Okay, all right, we we know we know what you're trying to say here. Come on, <laughs> I'm just putting the stats out there. All right, all. All right okay. None of these are a young American kid on the up who's got he's got the home crowd before twenty thousand people and half rash cheering him on. I'm Quite sticking with Shell. Big Ben, come on, he can do it. Over I've 30 got, and a half games. I've only no, got any more stats? Any uh, more stats I can give you? I think that's about it for the minute. I, okay. I think that's yeah, that's pretty much enough. My lean here was was just to take a take a chance on the the set one score. I've, I've basically gone Djokovic six three at three point seven. Um, it's right. just a lean though. It's not it's not a confident player. Obviously, more confident about this than I am. Um, well, I'll take six three. I take I take six three in the first set. The reason I've done that is just because I, I feel like it's probably going to be a one-break set. It kind of depends who serves first. Obviously, you, you're always guessing with these sort of bets because it very much does depend on you know who wins the toss and when they whether they choose to you know receive or, or serve or whatever. But um, that was my lean on this one, Djokovic six three. I think it's probably be a one-break set. I'm like you. I don't think he's going to keep breaking shelter. I think you know he's he's it's going to be a, a relatively tight one. But I think one break would be enough for Djokovic. Well, there you have it. Uh, difference of opinion, but fantastic stats. And, you know, the, it's an overwhelming favourite in front of Djokovic and the stats there back that up completely. Uh, it, we don't think there's going to be any re reason why it won't be Novak Djokovic and Carlos Aquas that we will be previewing on Saturday. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be with Rory Giovanni previewing the women's final as well. Hopefully, how Tip Mukova gets through to the final. She's up against Corey Goff. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. So it's an interesting match on the women's finals. You can check out Rory's uh, videos and our, and our Instagram account and our Twitter account, which is at Because We Win. And there's four ways to follow us here on uh, 
Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. You can follow us by on our podcast, which is Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, which you can download on your preferred podcast provider. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Betting Weekly Studios. And obviously, you can follow us on our socials as well. And also, Bet Rivers have a brilliant offer, which is running out. So if you haven't capitalized on this offer, make sure you do. It's a US Open offer daily for the main draw. Get a 50% match bet up to $25 on a live wager each day of the US Open. And you've only got a few days left to make sure you place that wager and get your bonus. So, um, John, thank you very much. I know you're tired. I know it's been a, a long trip back and, uh, you know, you, we've, we've all got our ailments, but that's age, my friend, that's age. If we were yeah, 25, seemingly. yeah, we would be, we would be ready and raring to go. But uh, anyway, it's been a, a fascinating tournament. Novak Djokovic, Carlos Alcaraz look like they're going to make the final. Um, Djokovic now minus 125, absolutely no value at all. Alcaraz, Medvedev, Sean has said it for all tournament. He doesn't see any way Medvedev can beat Alcaraz unless he changes up, as he got the capability to change up. And I think Big Ben Shelton is going to give some Americans some, some hope on our fresh. And I'm going to go for over 31 and a half goals. If you follow us in or if you fade us, good luck, whatever you do. And we'll be back again on tomorrow with Rory looking at the women's final and myself and Sean, we'll be looking at the men's final on Saturday. Have a great couple of days and we'll speak to you soon.